Welcome back to the Extended Play Podcast by Oblivion Her Majesty. I'm William. I'm Rachel. And in this episode, we invited Mike McGrath over for some cheap wine, pretzels, and hummus, and a chat about his life as a tour manager. First of all, how did you even meet him? I want to say we met at a Steel Panther show. Of course, because where else would you ever meet any of your friends? Yep. Anyway, so Mike McGrath is a tour manager for Animals as Leaders and coordinates production and merch for EDM artist Zomboy. In addition to walking us through his days and responsibilities, we chat about the upsides and downsides of being in L.A., the best advice he's ever received, and his biggest mistake in his career. Thank you all for tuning in. It's been a while since our last show, but expect more episodes more frequently. Thanks for coming back, everyone. Terrible. (laughs) We hope you all are well and enjoy the show. Like he, they freak. I like them, out. but like his music or their music's within like a thirty foot radius of Mike. Like it's just immediate art on. Just gonna, <laughs> oh, just, dude, yeah, I can't yeah. like. <laughs> here's the thing: I can't name like every song. I'm not like that, but I can name. I, one you just want to kiss them all. I thoroughly enjoy. Like I've listened to every song. I, you know, I know most of the songs. I, I'd say it's. It's one of my top ten favorite artists. Yeah, they're they're. I amazing. mean, can I tell you? So yeah, I've never really listened to them before. Right. We <laughs> love Honest. Okay. And I never listened to them. I knew who they were. And, you know, I did the show with them the first time in January of, you know, 2017 or 2018, whatever whatever year it was. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm going to do this show, whatever. And, like, the third song, and I'm like, is there any lyrics to any of these songs? <laughs> and I'm, like, talking to That's the person me. who was next to me, and I'm like, is there lyrics? And they're like, no. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I love, I work in dance music, and I, like, I'm can be down with music that there's no lyrics to. However... I very much enjoy you enjoy yeah, the, I'm the same with way. Yeah, that's, that's... So I got offered the tour and I did the tour and I'm like, all right, I was like, I can do this. I'm like, you know, as a tour manager, sometimes like you have to stand on the stage during the show, but if you're good at your job, you advance all these things. So like security and like the you know barricade and all that jazz. You don't really have to be there. You just have to walk them on the stage, and then you know if anybody needs like drinks or whatever throughout the show, you come up periodically and check. Ninety percent of the time during the show, I'm sitting in the like in my office doing accounting or advancing something for the next show, something along those lines. So I would never really fully watch the show when they were playing, <laughs> except for the very last song, which was Physical Education, which I actually really liked that song because I really love the harmony that's in there. But yeah. that was the only song I could tell you about or the name of that song. <laughs> Good. It could be a jazz band and you wouldn't I even know. I wouldn't fucking know. Well, Good. well I mean... Yeah, that would, uh, it's amazing. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Changed my band? perspective on music. Can't play anything like... What they do, Bro, can I. but <laughs> I would pick up Tosa's guitar all the time, and I'd be like, "Just I would play like one note, and I'd be like, I'm gonna put this back down now." Um, anyway, uh, today's episode is brought to you by our uh, unofficial sponsor, Dirty Little Freak by Duclaw Brewing and Apothic Wine, and Blue Moon and Lime White Claw. And Lime White Claw, actually, really terrible. And Sabra Hummus, That's classic like, hummus. White I, claws are disgusting in I, general. I've made it a There's goal. There's a few good flavors. I've made it a goal to announce every single drink that we have during the show. And hope to it gets sponsored. Yeah, yeah dude. <laughs> please. Anyway, so let's get into it. So you started this journey adventure. Yeah, let's take it back. Let's hear. How did, how did you even get here? All right, so. And also talk about your Philly upbringing. I'm yeah. from Philly. Cool. So we're all. Well, no, we're not from Philly. We're from we're from Jerseydelphia. We'll call it that. But no. I live in Philly. You're from now. New Jersey. Yeah, I gotta go, guys. <laughs> fair. All right, no, and that is fair. another episode. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Calling his Uber. He is leaving. No. All right. So I'm originally from Philly. I grew up here. I grew up in Northeast. And I went to I went to you know middle school, elementary school, and high school all here. And then I went to college for two weeks. Uh, okay, me. <laughs> and then I dropped out of that. So when I was 17, I started working at the Electric Factory, which is now Franklin Music Hall. So I started working there as a stagehand when I was 17. So 
my dad actually knew the production manager there and called him and was like, my son wants to be a music, he wants to be a sound engineer. Because originally I wanted to be a live sound engineer and like a producer. Yeah, bless your soul. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he had called them and the very first show I worked, I remember it, it was in 2010. It was three days before my 18th birthday and it was a day to remember and Silverstein. Oh, oh wow. fuck yeah. <laughs> All right. So I remember I took my, my best friend at the time, it was her birthday, and I was like, you want to come do this show? And I, this is my first time, so I'm like rolling in with like my friend, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm here. Uh, so I went in, and I met like all the stagehands, whatever, and they're all like, well, who the fuck is this kid with in tight jeans and Osiris's and like super long hair? And I'm just like, hey, guys. So the entire day, all I did was coil cables, and I was like, this is cool, I guess. And then I pushed cases, but I got to watch the show side stage the entire time, and it was really rad because at the time, I loved Silverstein and A Day to Remember. I was like, this is fucking insane. I'm like 17 years old, and here I am. So a couple weeks had gone by, and the production manager had called me and was just like, I need an extra person for the show. Do you want to come do it? And I was like, yeah. So I showed up and I was like super unprepared and, you know, I got made fun of and like, you know, yelled at and I was oh. like, okay. So I did it and then it just kind of snowballed into that effect and I was a stagehand at the Electric Factory for probably from 2010 to 2014. Um, and 2014 was like my first official bus tour. And I got a phone call that was like, hey, do you want to do this, this tour? And I was like, yeah, with who? And they were like, this DJ Zomboy. And I'm like, what the fuck is a Zomboy? <laughs> and I was, they were like, oh, it's a dubstep artist. And I was like, great, I hate dubstep. I was like, how much am I making? So they told me. And that was the very first bus tour that I ever did. But I did tour in 2012 with a band from New Jersey called, at the time, they were Us From Outside. And then later became Chasing Safety. Oh, and stole no And stole Motley Crue's Dr. Feelgood logo. Oh. Or whatever it was. Nikki Six like, shows up at their house. <laughs> and then, um, but that was on tour with a band called Fit for a King. And I actually really yeah, loved no, her for, for a king, yeah. so yeah, it was actually kind of rap. That was my first tour, but my first official bus tour was Zomboy. But that's how I got started was my dad knew somebody. So that's you know, how everybody gets in this Hey, business. man, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. how we're starting to find the industry goes. It's, hey, who you know? I feel like that's every industry ever, but no one says it. No, 100%. It's definitely more like you could be the best at something, but if someone doesn't give you a recommendation or doesn't know you, at least in my opinion or my, my experiences, you won't you know get a gig. Okay, let me ask you a question. Now that you have toured with these um like the dj and dubstep yeah do you like dubstep and oh i love dubstep dude it's crazy I, to think it's go ahead i always like hated it with a passion because, i mean I, I feel like that's just a guitar thing when you grow up just like playing guitar like oh everything doesn't have a guitar is bad music because like it's like literally how i used to have that too. that thought too i and used then, to just think kiss was the only band that existed so dude <laughs> like for some reason one time it was like oh i was making a halloween playlist for terror or something one year um i'm an actor at a one of the haunted houses in philly terror behind the walls i've been Eastern there City. yeah um was like, yeah, and every I, just, I don't know, I just take Halloween really hard, and for some reason, dubstep and EDM falls in that category. In one year, it, I swear to God, for three months, it was the only thing I listened to, and I was like, why did I not get into this earlier? Well, it, it depends so on who good. you listen to, because... I was listening to, like, Figure. And I lo- like, I've met him a few times. I love his music. Word. Um, there's some artists that I'm... There, a lot of artists in the dubstep world, there's some that produce all their own music, and there's some that don't pass it off, and I'm like, I don't respect that, per se. But that's also to say, like, I've opened for Zomboy a few times, and it started out as a joke. Now you're a DJ, too. I'm a shitty DJ, but <laughs> I, I, I have DJed. Um, but I have, I you know, I hated dubstep, and, like, the first, I remember the exact moment that I fell in love with it. So we were on Zomboy's first tour, which was called the Outbreak Tour. Um, and we were in, I think it was St. Louis, maybe. 
and he had played this. It was an edit that he did that was, I forget what song built up to it, but it dropped into um, this song called Ratchet Bitch <laughs> by Milo and Otis. And I was like, at that moment, I was like, wow, I'm like, I fucking love this. That's awesome. Uh, and I, then it was just like watching him like, you know, play and whatnot. And I've been, I've been on with Josh since his very first U.S. tour. And, you know, I moved to L.A. and now he's like one of my best friends. And it's like I've seen him progress as he's gone bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's like crazy to think like that's, you know, I sit on his couch with him and, you know, he cooks us Sunday dinner and, you know, we play mini golf or go bowling. And it's just like, <laughs> wow, that's my friend. So I don't look at him like he's like famous, but like in the EDM world, he's massive. He's, yeah, I know he's, someone, I forget their name. They worked with him before briefly and they said he was like one of the nicest guys he's ever, like they've ever met. Oh, he's hands heard, down the yeah. number one nicest person that I've ever met, ever worked for, I've ever worked with. Else. I will never, ever say anything like bad about him, like ever. What is your role as a tour manager? I still don't understand. All that. right, so it it all depends. So it depends on the level of artist that you're working with. It depends on a lot. There's a lot of factors, and some people will be like, "There's not a lot of factors." Like if you're a tour manager, you're a tour manager, but there's certain aspects that go into it. So, me as a tour manager, I handle everything start to finish. So the very first time I got asked to tour manage, it was by accident. It was a fake it till you make it situation. Um, there's a band out of Toronto called The Birthday Massacre. I don't know if you've ever heard. Yeah, of Yeah, I've heard of them. Uh, I had seen them open for Mindless Self-Indulgence when I was, like, <laughs> 15. Let's so imagine that. Like, So I, I got asked to tour with them doing merch, and, like, a week and a half, two weeks before the tour started, I got an email that was from their manager. And it was just kind of like, as you were reading it, you thought, I thought, that is like, oh, you're not going to get the tour. Like, the tour is whatever. So as I'm reading it, it's like, our tour manager that we currently have is also driving, and he told us that he can't do both, and he can't do the tour. Um... I saw in your resume that you were the assistant tour manager for AWOL Nation. Would you be interested in taking on... Wait, you did that? Yeah. You were oh, the assistant shit. tour manager for AWOL Nation? Mm-hmm. Back oh, in shit. 2015. Oh, wow. I saw them... Oh, man, was it... With Paris and Fall Out Boy? Or... I, saw them in, I saw them in 2015 at the Fillmore here. I was at that show. You were there at Meg Myers opened, I believe. I was at that show, but I wasn't no working for them at the time. My friend Natalie, who actually got me into the industry, like, touring-wise, and it's pretty much the sole reason for me having a career right now, her and Josh... Uh, but I was there at that show. Um, Dude, awesome. So they hit me up and they were like, show. we saw that you were an assistant tour manager. Would you be interested in doing merch and tour managing? And I like immediately hit them, like didn't hit them back. I was in the car with my friend Natalie and I looked at her. I'm like, yo, I'm like, read this email real quick. And she reads it. And I'm like, what do you think? She was like, fake it till you make it. And I was like, fake it till you make it. So I had like hit up my friend Rab, who tour managed like falling in reverse and like issues. And like, he was just a dude that I met working at the venue. And me and him just stayed friends. And I hit him up, and I hit up a couple other people. And I was like, guys, I was like, I need some advice. I was like, I need some whatever. And they all sent me, like, all their templates and all their, like, their spreadsheets. And they're like, if you have any questions, like, feel free awesome. to ask. And I'm like, keep in mind, I'm, like, freaking out because I've never, like, fully tour managed. Like, with AWOL Nation, I didn't do any of the accounting or the advancing or anything like that. So I'm like, I had an idea, like, a general idea. And I was like, I can do this. So I hit him back, and I'm like, yeah. I was like, but my rate's doubling. And I'm like, this is real ballsy to me because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> so... He was like, yeah, no problem. He's like, we'll pay you 250 a day plus your per diem, this and that. And I'm like, fuck yeah. So um, I was like, yeah, I was like, I'll do it. I was like, I need you to send me like all the, all the contracts and like everything. And reading a contract from a talent agency is extremely difficult. Like if you don't know what you're reading, like the, the way the verbiage is, is just like mm. you get your guarantee and then it's like you can get plus 85% of, you know, the box office after receipts and this and that. And you're like, well, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> so I finally figured it out. But that's not the point. So. 
depending on the level of artist you're with. So I would do all the advancing, which means I put together the rider, which is everything that we want in our dressing room, you know, what kind of bio we want out for food, what do we need in terms of, like, gear? Do we need to rent gear? Do we need to do anything? So you have to work with the band and management to see what their needs are. Let's um, let's use animals as leaders. Okay, that's a, a good example because... Like that's like our, and I did everything field. on that one. So basically, animals at the time didn't have a manager, so I was dealing directly with the band. They had a talent agent. And oh, they didn't have a manager from the label, you mean? So it's different. So you have a record label and your record deal, and then you have management, then you have your business manager, then you have your, you know, your talent agent who gets you your shows, then you have your tour manager and your whole entire team. It's a lot that goes into it. Some bands don't have management. But, but they were missing who? Management. They didn't have a manager. They were doing it themselves at the and time. And they're on Sumerian still, right? Yeah. So when they hit me up, I was like talking to the, mostly the talent agent. Like They looped me in with them, and you know, they gave me a band credit card. And they're like, yeah, put everything on this. But me being me, I don't like to spend other people's money. Like, I do, but not to the amount that you actually have to spend to put a tour on. So they gave me the credit card, and I'm, you know, they looped me in with their agent. And the agent got me all the contracts where I had all the guarantees. So basically, as a tour manager, what you do is you, you advance the tour. Meaning, I'm working with the band. So they send me over their previous rider, and then I work with the band to get it, like, how exactly they want it. So it's like, how many, like, channels do we need, you know, for sound and, like... I this was the first tour that I ever had to put like production together and like get a stage plot going and like stuff like that. So it's like, I mean, I, I know how it work. Like I know how it works and I know like how to do it. Um, so with the budget that was given to me for like what I could spend for all that, you know, the bus and like whatnot. And they didn't really give me like a set budget, but for lighting and all that jazz, they gave me a, a budget. So we we carry our own sound. Like we have all of our own mics. We have all of obviously they use like Axe Effects and yeah, all that. So they would send me their rider that was like their previous one, and I hit up Javier. And I was like, all right, I'm like, so what needs to be cut? What needs to be changed? Like, this is the one that they sent me. So we went over it, and he was like, we're going to cut this, 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 this. He was like, can you find a lighting guy? So Christian Jackson, um, who's one of the best, you know, LDs that I've ever met, is Zomboy's guy. Um, he works for, like, Lewis the Child, and, you know, he does festivals. And he has his own YouTube channel, and man is famous in his own right. I hit him up, and I was like, hey, I'm like, do you have anybody that would want to do this tour? This is my budget. I'm like, I'm like I know you're not going to want to do it. So he put me in contact with um, this guy, Parker, who works at Toucan in Oklahoma. And I started talking to him. I'm like, listen, like, this is the budget. I'm like, this is everything all in. And he came back to me, and he sent me a whole like lighting plot and this and that. I got it to the guys. They approved it. So that gets added into the rider. Um, and basically, everything that's needed. So whatever the guys need in terms of power, sound, you know, I get with the text. I'm like, what do you guys need? Uh, so when I do my advance, I have a whole long email that's like written out that you know, this is what I need, please sign off on, this is the up-to-date contract I have, please sign off on this. So it has that, it has all the dressing room stuff in it. So like every show, depending on how your deal is set up, you have a guaranteed amount of hospitality, which means, you know, if I want to get, you know, 500 sandwiches, as long as it's in the budget, I can do it. So, you know, but you have to take in consideration, like you have opening support bands that are on the tour, you got to take care of them as well. Yeah. Now, not everybody will do that. I've worked with artists that don't take care of their support acts and don't take care of their crew. Um, but Animals as Leaders is very good about taking care of like everybody around them, you know, and so forth. So that's pretty much everything that's in there. So it's like your stage plot, your lighting, everything that you need. I get it all over to the venue. Uh, I loop in my sound guy, my lighting guy, so that way if they have any direct questions, because like I've done like lighting stuff before, but I'm nowhere near experienced enough to be answering questions like regarding yeah. lighting and like what you need from that or or video that. wall or anything like that. I think we talked about trying to do a MIDI before from his computer, from Mike's computer. We were like, like for like playback tracks. Yeah, yeah, but well, you can program like oh, you can DMX program lights and stuff. Yeah, like yeah. Ableton. 
I'm not going like, to do that. <laughs> so did you have to have people program that stuff? Yeah, well, the LD does all that. You know, oh, they, okay. they actually, so they have, like, their own board, and they, like, use faders and shit. Yeah, right? or you rent it. Like, But yeah. for in terms of, like, sending the rider and whatnot, I don't know anything about programming a fucking show. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can advance <laughs> it. I can make sure we get there. I can make sure that the show goes off perfectly. I can do the settling and the accounting. But if you were to be like, hey, um, can you go run these lights? I'd be like, uh, I Are can... you supposed to know that as no. a tour manager? <laughs> oh, no. no. So they didn't expect Some bands that will, hire, will only stri- strictly hire guys that can do front of house NTM or can do lighting NTM. Like, I've gotten lucky, though, where I didn't need to know that. Nice. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so to answer your question at a long, drawn-out thing, that's all the stuff that's in the rider itself. So, basically, in advancing the tour, I send all that over. And all the information, you know, I tell them how many people are on our touring party, what we're traveling with, what we need in terms of parking and power. But yeah, so circling back to like advancing and like whatnot, like that's all goes into it. Like you have to just make sure everything is like on point. So like ready to go. But so that all goes into it. So you just email the promoter, you email all the information, you get them to sign off on a bunch of stuff. You basically want to show up at the venue on the time that you like you pick. So like, let's say I want to do load in at 11 a.m. You want your bus parked by 7 a.m. Is managing tours remote a thing? Uh, actually, you know, you can. Like, not fully managing, but you do all the advancing remote. Yeah. Um, there is some artists, like, DJ-wise, that, you know, you can you send out all the emails and tell them I this mean, is what you need. Do you have any responsibilities, like, on the ground, day of show? Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. So, You're yeah. li- I'm literally busy the entire time. Um, normal day for me is, like, so everything's advanced. We show up. We get everything parked. Um, you advance how many stagehands you need. So animals as leaders, we needed four stagehands. That gets us loaded in. That gets drums built, lighting built. Um, we didn't bring any of our own audio. We had our own microphones, but we use house uh, audio. Four stagehands and techs? Yeah. Or, uh, no, four stagehands plus the techs. Like that, yeah. So animals as leaders has a guitar tech who's really dope. He's actually a really fun guy to be with. Um, our sound guy, we have a lighting guy, we have a drum tech. Um, so in addition, so when we walk in, I let, I let the crew guys do what they want. Like, I come in, like, you know I'm the tour manager. If you need anything from me, like, come get me. But my crew guys, like, I trust them enough to, you know, go in and make sure the show gets built. Because I'm, during the day, it's like, I'm worried about making sure the dressing room's good, making sure the support acts are good, making sure my band has everything they need, making sure tomorrow's show is ready to go. So that means doing day sheets and making sure everybody has the information you need. Because you're not just in charge of the band plus the crew. You're in charge of making sure the support acts who could have, you know, five, six people on their bus or more, making sure they have all the information they need. So my normal day is we walk in, you see where the dressing rooms are at, you see where you're going to put people, see where you put dead cases, um, making sure, like, the hospitality rider is, like, ready to go. My thing is I say don't shop the rider until I'm there and I can check off if we need something because you might have something from the night before, and that extra money gets just given to you in cash. That yeah. goes to the band or, you know, whatever you want to use it for. I like to buy the band, you know, after-show food, like, everybody on the crew. Like, sometimes it's just pizza, but sometimes we'll get, like, a full, like, you know, whole Indian meal feast or some shit, whatever they want. I'll have to get pretzels and hummus. That's pretty much on every well, rider. Well, we always have pretzels and hummus because Mike doesn't yeah. go really anywhere with pretzels and hummus. That's a, I put it on every rider. If you're hanging with me, you're eating really? some no, pretty doesn't go on a rider. I'm just saying You put pretzels times. and hummus on every rider? Almost, yeah. Oh, dude, can I or, tour with you? Or tortilla <laughs> chips and like salsa, oh, stuff yeah. like that. Yep, that's my shit. So, yeah, so that's um, the whole day I'm busy. I need to make sure that my guys are like ready for sound check. So if sound check's at 4 o'clock, you need to be on the stage at 4 o'clock. I need to be off by 4.45 or 5 o'clock because we have a meet and greet at 6. Then you have to do doors. So it's not like very rarely will I have like a downtime to sit down because nine times out of ten if somebody's asking you a question. So Even though like you have a full advance and you have a full day sheet and you have a full everything, people still ask you questions. This sounds like a really – it just sounds awesome from like the artist's standpoint in this situation because 
I feel like they don't have to worry about, like, with a tour manager that knows what they're doing. I feel like they don't have to worry about anything but playing their music well, right? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you have that, but there's other things that people like worry about. Like, you know, everybody's different. Like, when you tour with the DJ, it's a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. And I praise the Zomboy crew because they're all on point. Um, like, and even venues we go to, they're, like, they're super stoked when we're all back, like, at the venues. Like, they're like, oh, we're so happy to be with you guys. Like, it all depends on, like, how you operate as a band and a crew. Mm-hmm. But there's other things, like, bands, like, you know, one artist might be going through something and they have that to worry about. Like, as a tour manager, you're not just there to make sure the tour runs smooth. You're making sure, like, like your band is happy, too, mm-hmm. and making sure that if they need something, like, you go and get it. You know, it's really all about, like, knowing someone's personality and knowing how to operate with them. And that's a big thing about being a tour manager. It's just how you do you chemistry too. how do you operate and like how do you because like you know there's been times where like you know I might be in a depression episode or you know and I don't even though I'm the tour manager and I'm running the show I might not want to do anything but I have You're to do it. Person, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's like that's you know really interesting and that can affect how everything goes for the day. Yeah. Like you know there's been times where I'm on tour and I'm like super depressed and I'm just like a miserable person like I'm in a bad mood or like people don't want to be around me and like the, well, like it's your job the tiniest thing will like piss me off or like get on my nerves and I hate stupid questions like I hate when people ask me stupid oh, questions well, like, I'm if, very sorry about this podcast then yeah. no no I mean like in terms of like if you're like <laughs> oh I need now. they're like oh if I can't like given an example it's just like if you know what your job is don't ask me a stupid question like oh where do I plug this in like figure it the fuck out like if you have to plug something in on the stage it's on the fucking stage mm-hmm. you know shit like that so like, the band has other things to worry about, you know. It's not just... Oh, that's oh, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, it's not just like we're going to show up and, like, we have to play our music We're not well. worrying about, like, stage setup. No, or, they don't or, have like, to... No, normally, no. flights or any of that stuff. It must no. be nice to not, like, that's... No, I book all the flights. Yeah. I book all the hotel rooms. I book, like, everything. I Like, I even go to the point where I'll send out a menu to the crew if that's what they want to do. That way they don't have to worry about anything. And I'll order everybody lunch. Mm. And then I'll be like, yo, from this time to this time, we're eating lunch. This is... It's here. Come get it. It's in catering. Some bands want to do that. Some artists don't want to do that. They just want to take the money and, like, do whatever they want. Um, but it all just comes back to, like, how you want to operate. Like, me personally, it's like you can't come in and be, like, the Hitler of the tour and be like, we're going to do it this thing this way, this way, and this way. You know, there's certain ways that I like to do things, but you have to, like, ask them. So, like, the very first day, you come in and just say, this is how I operate. You know, if there's anything you guys need, I'm here. Um, but, like, I want to know, what, what do you guys want to do? Like, how do you want to operate? So, like, animals didn't want their lunch bought for them. Sometimes, like, after show food, 100%. They'd be like, find us a menu. And, you know, it's hard to find, like, because some of them, like, have diet restrictions. Like, some of them eat vegetarian or some of them eat vegan. Or some of them want one thing and the other thing. As a tour manager, it's your job to go above and beyond and go get that. You know, even if something's closed. You know. So, but it's all about. What does that mean? Like, if, if there's, like, a restaurant that's closed, like, and your band really, really wants it. Like, sometimes you have to figure out how to get in touch with them and call them and See if they'll open up and get you something. That is fucking wow. Will you tell them like, oh "Hey, I'm God. touring with this band," and sometimes yeah. in the restaurant will be like, "Well, maybe we'll." Some, uh, have they ever been like, "Who's that?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah it's it, like it, you know what? Like, it all depends on who you're with, and it all depends on how like things operate. And I don't want like the people that are listening to this to think like it's all fun and games or like anything that I'm saying because somebody might not have the same experience as I. Yeah, know. right. There's some artists I might work with. I'd be like, "I want you to get this open." Like that's not like that sounds like a diva thing, but sometimes that is accurate. You know, sometimes they just want something that. Oh you have to make the impossible possible. Wow. I would feel so powerful if this oh, restaurant... Oh, God. Don't let Rage do this. I really <laughs> want sushi. And the restaurant fucking opens up I've never, just to give me... Well, I've never had to have a restaurant uh, open, but I have, I have called trip. a restaurant that was about to close. And I'm like, listen, I'm with so-and-so. We're playing this venue. Can you please, you know, make right. this? And then, uh, like, 
They'll do it. And nine times out of ten, I will give them extra money. Like, right, Like, right. whoever's delivering it, I will tip extra or I will I will pay more. It all comes out of the budget anyway. Right. But yeah, yeah. I don't want, more. like, you know, people listening to this thing, like, wow, this guy doesn't know what he's fucking talking about. It's like, everybody's <laughs> different. It's like, the advancing part of mm-hmm. it's super important. Getting to know how everybody operates is super important. And just making sure everybody's happy is super important. Because, like, there's some days where, like, not just me, like, I might be upset about something or I just might be depressed because, you know, that's a thing. But someone on the crew might also be that way. And you got to be like, yo, dude, like, do you need to talk? Or, like, do you, what's going on? Like, do you need something? I remember I got, when we were in Philly, so we played the TLA. And it's always cool for me to come back venue. to venues in Philly. The one last year? Yeah, with Animals Lives. It's yeah. always cool to play venues in Philly for me because I'm from here. And I know everybody that works for them. Mm-hmm. So it's like, my nickname when I worked at the Retro Factory was Justin Bieber. Because I had long hair and I was wearing <laughs> tight jeans. So to this day, I show Love up it. and people are like, oh, Biebs, what's up? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, well, who the fuck told you that? So, but in Philly, everybody on, on the tour needed a haircut. So it's like, you know, I put out on Facebook. I was like, does anybody know a good, like, person, like a good barber Oh, is that why you posted? No, that was for me personally. Oh, okay. I need you to posted get... the same thing today. Yeah, well, I need to get my haircut today because I have an event in New York this week. I can't look like trash. Using your connections, I see. <laughs> but no, well, my normal guy's barber shop is closed oh, today okay. and tomorrow, and I leave on Tuesday morning. I was like, I wouldn't have time. But that same guy, actually, my sister went to high school with him, and he came down to Philly and every single, almost every single person on the tour got a haircut. So it's like, wow. you do those kind of things. Like you want to go above and beyond. Like, on the on the Zomboy tour, I had a masseuse come out to one of the venues, and we all got massages. It's all about making sure your crew is happy, but you also want to make sure the band's happy, but you got to remember the crew is who puts your show on. But yeah, so very long, drawn-out answer. That's everything that goes into being a tour manager. It all it varies, but you're advancing a week beforehand, and then, like, after the tour concludes, you're doing all the final, like, accounting and, like, doing all the closeouts and making sure... You get everything. So, like, for me, I don't like to carry a ton of cash. So I'll advance X amount of dollars against a guarantee that the, you know, promoter will give me. And that'll cover us for gas. That'll cover us for tolls. Anything that we really need and per diems and so forth. But I don't carry enough cash to where if something were to happen, like we get robbed or some shit, you can't, we won't have anything. So that I happens. always advance. Well, like, I'm sure it happens, but... It's never happened to anybody that I've worked with, but... Oh, it's happened to bands. Actually, yeah. yeah it wasn't money there. Oh, yeah. But all their gear gets stolen. But you advance X amount of dollars, so I don't carry a bunch of cash on me. So, you know, you're making sure all the wires have gone through. Or, you know, you if you get a check, you make sure it gets deposited. Stuff like that, making sure all of your receipts are accounted for. Like, it's, there's a lot that goes into it, and it's not just like, we're going to party and have fun and so mm-hmm. forth. This is very off topic, but also kind of not. The difference between L.A. and Philadelphia... Like business wise, oh, she loves this question. Um, well, because it's different for every. It really country. is because if I would have so shut in, up, William. It, she Jesus loves Christ. comparing. God forbid I like answering LA your question. Well, no, because I'm from here. But exactly. I'll tell you. But I'll tell you straight up though. If I didn't move to LA, I would not be where I'm at in my career. Hundred percent, I can guarantee that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's different from that's the exact opposite we heard from the last. Who was the? Thank you. That's why I asked the question. Yeah. No. <laughs> it, 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 again, but it, that's that's different for everybody. Like me moving to LA, I've met a lot of great people, but. If I didn't move to LA, I don't think I'd be where I'm at right now. Okay, wait. So, okay, let me turn this around. As a musician, would you go to LA? Yes and no. I feel like I would probably split my time between both places because you have more opportunity and connection in Los Angeles than you would in Philadelphia. At least that's in my opinion. There's there's some dope record labels that are here. Uh, I can't name them off the top of my head. Um, And there's like also some like dope management people that are here. But realistically, as a musician and or management, you can work from anywhere in the world, really. Um, it just all depends on you. But for me, if I was a musician, I probably would split my time because 
you got to think everybody that moves to LA wants to be somebody. That's, yeah, that was my point. The last podcast, you is, know, you guys could move to LA no as a band. Well, that's not true. You could move to LA at all. You know what you put into it is what you'll get out of it. Yeah. So like if you on Hollywood Boulevard every night, especially on the weekends, there's people that are handing out CDs and trying to get you to buy them. And you know what? Sometimes their music fucking sucks, which is going to be 90% of the time. You know, I think Motley Crue had said it best. It's like for every four, there's 100,000 fallen. So it's like, yep, you can move to L.A. and it could be fucking huge for you. Or you can move to L.A. and fall flat on your face. It really depends on you as Wait, an what artist. Was that? You just said that. I for missed. every four, there's 100,000 fallen. For every four people that try to make it in L.A., there's 100,000 that won't make it. Really? Yeah. Well, Is that like an actual? I don't, I don't know if it's an actual fact, oh, but it's something oh. that Motley Crue had said. Oh, oh I didn't, I'm sorry. I missed that part man, of it, Mike, so. like, oh, statistics. <laughs> like, sorry. I just... So, as a band, you could show up in L.A. and put your flyers all over the place and yeah. try and get rooms. I, like, there's there's always debates of, like, pay for play. Like, would you would you guys pay to get Not on the tour? Stage. We had. No, hell no. We did when we, we were in we, L.A. We, would we do, did yeah. a pay yeah. to play at the Whiskey. Yep. Okay. Because we were all free. So, what was we the rules behind that? You had to sell X amount of tickets yeah. or you had to yeah. physically hand money over? We went in and we negotiated with them, though. We got the ticket numbers down. We were offered the show while we were there, and it was, like, the we next were, day or two we days were later. We Lexington on Monday night in downtown L.A. We met a real cool band. So I'm going to give you guys a little little tidbit of advice as a starting band or a band that's on the up and up. Because a lot of people aren't going to fucking think of this. Make sure you have records like sediment reports. Like any show that you play, even if it's like a fucking little dive bar, get something in writing from them that shows you what the ticket counts were. If you sold tickets, how many tickets you sold, and just compile it into a folder. Because at some point, if you ever want to go get a manager... We were just looking for that data. That's the a other good day point. We yeah, we didn't it. we didn't have that information. And I, you know, this is for any. And I, I had a band in Florida that just hit me up, or the guy that I met, and he was asking me a bunch of questions, and I gave him my advice. And again, I'm not a music manager, like I'm not an artist manager. I'm a tour manager. I'm, a, you know, I tour, I'm selling merchandise, and I run this and that. But that's like save every piece of data, every ticket count. I swear to God, we went every to go, merchandise sale. We went to go look for that data. Where the were other you two day. years ago, man? Like, make oh, sure you man. compile all of that data because we're, we're you know, starting now. Because but. anytime you go to a record label or you go anywhere and you're gonna try and do something or you want to get some kind of sponsorship, whatever. Like, even with this podcast, how many listeners do you get from this podcast? Because let's say you have. 2,000 listeners. I don't know what you're Like I don't know what it is. Get the, that data. Like If you're on Apple Music or Spotify, compile all of those statistics because when you go to meet with a management company or you want to go, you always think that in your head as a musician that someone's going to reach out to you because your music is that good. Uh, uh, someone Actually, someone told us that a while ago. I like, feel like we thought it. Yeah, they were like, you're not. Yeah, no, once in a while, you will have someone that will reach out to you. Like, but if you're going to put on a show in L.A., like, you're going to want to reach out to all the labels and all the management and be like, yeah, come to our show. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, they ain't going to show up or somebody okay. might show up. But that one time that someone does show up and you actually put on a good show, but then you get to talk with them, they're going to be like, well, what is the data here? Like, what, what are your numbers? Like, what are you pulling? And most of the time, people are going to be like, we don't have that. But if you have that, you're, you're ahead of the curve. And they'd be like, you can prove your ticket sales, which is what a lot of artists do. Like, a lot of DJs will, will do bus tours. And you won't see a lot of DJs that do bus tours, but the DJs that do do bus tours are doing it to prove their ticket sales, to get you know bigger festivals, get better spots, get better pay, and so forth. So you just look at it that way as a, as a starting band is you want to make sure you have all that information so you can be like, and it doesn't have to be like laminated and all nice and you know, oh, we perfect. Were just throwing it in Excel sheet. Like you put it in our, Excel, yeah. We keep all our data in Excel sheet. And that's all you need to do. You know, it's all these things that go into it and a lot of people don't want to do the work, you know, which is partly I think why I've never actually like attempted to be an artist. Like I would love to learn how to produce music and like be like a, an EDM artist because I love that. And I love playing those shows, but I think for me personally, and it's kind of like, I've never really said it out loud. It's just at this point in my life, I think because I'm 27, I'm better on the business side. 
you know, I, I think of things in like my, my future and like the strategy of like, how am I going to be in five years? Like, I don't want to work for the rest of my life. Like I want to make enough money in my twenties to invest it somewhere. So that way in my thirties, I can enjoy it. And you know, a lot of people are like, why would you do that? Like you don't love the music. It's like, if anybody tells you that they strictly got into music just for the art and the love of it, it's a fucking lie. Yeah. I literally, I'm not going to lie to you. I love music and I love what I do. And I like, I, you know, it's not a job to me. I always say, I joking say, one of these days I'm going to have to get a real job. Even though this <laughs> is a real job, like I'm not, I'm not just fucking off and just partying all the time because I don't really party. But, you know, like I know the potential of how much money you can make on the business side. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like shitty to say it, but, you know, I love music, but really, I love being able to pay my bills. Dude, that's realistic. Yeah. It is that's... a business at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I just like, I just want to be able to, like, my goal was to tour because I just, you know, I, I like And that was mine as well. And, well, I mean, actually, I've kind of shifted from that recently. I'm getting, like, really into, like, songwriting and even, like, film composition. Which I'm is. Studying it in school, but I still, like, my first goal for this entire thing was I want to tour and be on the road. Well, that's the thing about being an artist, though. I know a lot of artists that want to tour and they're in bands, but they all write music for other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, you make a lot of money in that because you make money on the publishing. It all depends on, like, how good it is. Like, you got to think, how many people work on a fucking Beyonce song? Ten? <laughs> Yeah, you know. more than that, honestly. Oh, her clean beat or her beehive is going to come for you. I don't give a fuck. I love Beyonce. <laughs> I got in formation like, what? <laughs> you know, I'm, it's it's just, sometimes, like, I think my opinions would get me, like, into a lot of trouble if I were to really state, like, how I thought and, like, think and feel about how the music industry works and how people, like, grow and this and that. But that's where, like, I started on the business side of things. So I feel like if I had the time, and it's not saying, like, oh, my God, I'm just so busy. I'm so important and popular. It's not the case. It's just I work on a lot of things that take up a lot of time. And when I'm done that, like, let's say my average day now, as of recently, is I get up at 6.30 in the morning and I go to the gym, which is new for me because I don't, like, I never did that before. <laughs> but I'm paying a lot of money for a gym membership now. So I'm just like, well. So I get up at 6.30 in the morning. I go to the gym. I'm in the gym for an hour. Uh, I'm normally back at, like, I have a, a little home office um, that I work from unless I'm working at um, Josh's house. So I get up at 6.30, go to the gym, I come back to my house, I'll, you know, probably have a good coffee or, you know, maybe I'll make myself some breakfast, depends on, like, whatever. And then I'm at my laptop at, like, 9 a.m. So in my house, I have, like, a studio area. So I have, like, my monitors and I have, like, a secondary screen and I have my laptop. And I plug in and I immediately, like, check and I break down my day from who I'm working for for the day or, like, what I'm working towards for the day. So from, like, 9 to, like, 11, I'm working on all my logistics and advancing for the merch company I work with. And then from, like, you know, 11.30 to 2 o'clock, I'm working on Zomboy stuff. And then, you know, the rest of the day from, like, you know, 2.30, I'll take my dog for a walk. And then from that point on to maybe, like, 6, 7, 8 o'clock at night, I'm working on this artist that I'm working with now. But then it's, like, after that, I don't want to sit there and, like, learn how to use the software and whatnot. Yeah. It's, like, I want to have something to eat for dinner, yeah, hang out like, with my dog. Like, take and something, I'm, like, learning software. It takes a lot of time. And I'm, I'm in <laughs> bed by, like, 9, 30, 10 o'clock every night. Like, I'm not kidding you. But, you know, I have, I have friends and people that are, like, in the EDM world, and they're like, bro, they're like, you can have so-and-so show you how to use, like, and do this and produce music, and you're not doing it. And it's like, people are like, oh, well, you just don't have the drive to do it. It's something I don't have the drive. It's just, I'm busy working on this. It's like, I'm tired after that. It's like, I don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, so you have so that you aspect. Really, you really plan out your days, though. Yeah. You, you have to. I have to. Right? Like, I'm working, the event that I'm working on, starting on Tuesday in New York, I've been working on that since November. Like, getting all the logistics together, all the advancing, and me and Natalie, and if you don't know who Natalie is, she used to go by Miss Detroit. She's been in merchandising, you know, since 2010, and again, is the reason that I have a career. But me and her work on this together with this one specific artist, and this specific artist is is quite big. So We know after? Yeah. Cool. But, 
Sorry, everyone listening. Well, I mean, you can come to the... We're doing a pop-up in Brooklyn uh, with Dead Mouse for four days. Oh, no wow. shit. So we've been working on that since November. So it's not like I have to plan my days. I can't just like wake up. Sometimes I'm like, I don't want to do this. Or like, I think like, oh, when is this due? And it's like, oh, I'll just put it off till later. And then sometimes I fucking procrastinate and like I'll go out and shopping for the day. But it's like I can't do that. Realistically, I'm not supposed to. Actually, uh, this is kind of... I guess it's related... I just was curious, how far in advance are you guys starting planning for this kind of stuff? How far in advance is a band or an artist? Well, it depends on what the event is. Like yeah. a pop up, like this pop up shop, I've been planning it since November. Right. You know, so all of November we did it, all of December we did it, and all of January we worked on it. All to come down to, you know, Tuesday to make sure we get loaded in on Tuesday and Wednesday, and then it's open to the public from Thursday to Sunday. Or Thursday, yeah. That's awesome. But there's a lot that goes into it. You got like sponsorships, you got, you know, all the merchandise has to get there, all the ordering. So it's like, I'm literally going into an empty space and I'm building a store all for four days. I just can't believe the multitasking skills. Oh, yeah. Well, so. have because. Well, I use Monday.com. Oh, you use Monday? Interesting. We use Asana. But yeah, no, my whole day is planned. That's cool. 90% of the time. You know, obviously, like, I don't like, I don't hang out with a bunch of people in LA. Like, I don't have a ton of friends in LA. Um, and it's not because, like, I don't want them. It's just, like, it's busy. It's, it's not even that. It's like, you got to really who's who's actually going to be your friend right that's that's my big thing about you la know. which is, is that I, an la thing or have you seen that i've seen that everywhere, everywhere. like I have, everywhere. I have better friends that live in like the middle of fucking nowhere that'll Absolutely. like that'll hit me up and be like hey dude i saw you're coming to throw and they, they won't ask me for tickets they just ask me if they can hang out you know a big thing about working with who i work with and it's not like i work with like the like the highest a-list celebrities i don't so it's like basically you know i have better friends in like let's say lincoln nebraska you know, where I can, you know, people be like, oh, dude, I saw you're coming here. Like, I want to hang out. But they won't ask me for tickets. You know, when you come to places like all the major cities, like L.A. and New York, you know, people, people come are out of the woodwork. fucking really? like, oh, my God, can I get tickets to so-and-so? I feel like it's a major city thing, too. It really is, too. because, yeah, you know what? The areas are just different. But the kind of person I am, I'm like, I'll feel bad. I'm like, yeah, no, I'd love to see you. Let me put you on the guest list. You know, there's a couple, you know, a couple girls that I was, like, friends with that are, like, super cute or whatever. And, like, they'll talk to me, like, when it's convenient for them. And I'd be like, and it's not even just girls, it's, like, dudes, too. Like, I had a friend of mine who asked me for Animals as Leaders guest list for the Philly show. And he's a f- person I was friends with for, like, years. And I was like, fuck yeah, dude, come on out. Like, I'll introduce you to the guys and so forth. And he's, like, an amazing guitarist. And then the night of the show, and this is a big pet peeve. If you ever ask for guest list and you don't fucking show up, uh, don't ever ask me for guest list ever again. That's happened to me before, and I'm a no one, and that pisses me off more than anything. People like well, from high school, hey, can I come? I put them on the guest list, they don't come. Fuck you. Dude. No, but it's not even about like them not showing up. It's like, it fucks no, up your don't account. Don't let them hear it. <laughs> let them have it, Rage. But it fucks up your accounting. Like, not accounting, yeah. but it fucks up, like, because sometimes, like, if you have guest list and there's extra left, like, left over, you can release those tickets to be sold. Yeah. Right. Like if it's right. a sold, especially if it's a sold out show. Oh yeah. So like if you have a sold out show and you're asking me for guest list and I'm like, yeah, bro, I'm like, come on through, I'll give you U plus one all access. If you don't fucking show up, don't ever ask me for guest list again. Mm-hmm. Never. What if they have a good reason? Then you let somebody know in advance. You don't no, fucking yeah, just yeah, not yeah. reply exactly. to them or t- like you know what I mean? Like totally. I've had multiple times, you know, where people are like, Oh, let me get guest list. I'm a I'm a huge I have a huge soft spot for like and this is gonna sound kind of weird saying it like this but for like kids that want to come to shows oh yeah um, when we were in Orlando uh, with Zomboy on in 2017 I had opened that show with um, the lighting guy me and him did it back to back it was like 1900 people I was fucking terrified because like I'm not a good DJ so like we played the show and I went back up to merch afterwards and this dad and his kid came over. And they were like, oh, they were like, the son was like fucking nuts. He was just like, oh, he's like, you were just on stage. He's like, it was so fucking good. Like, you know, blah, blah. I, don't, I don't have a DJ name. I don't have a SoundCloud. 
And he was just like so excited, and I was like, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm like, are you a huge Zomboy fan? He's like, I, he's like, I love Zomboy and so forth and blah blah. And he had like all the fucking like gear on, and I'm like, all right, cool. So I like I, immediately I text Josh, and I'm like, you know, before I even say anything, and I go, yo, I'm like, I have this kid here. He's like maybe nine years old. He's a huge fan. Like, do you have a minute? And Josh will normally text me back and be like, yeah, yeah, bring him down, or wait until after the show. Always depends on the situation. So I said to the kid, I'm like, I'm like, do you guys want to go meet Zomboy? And the kid's eyes lit up. So I have a huge soft spot for that. Like, I'll take you. Like, if you're a genuine, like, fan or, like, whatever. But that bites me in the ass, too, sometimes. Because I remember we were in Knoxville, Tennessee. And this teenager came up. And he was younger. I was talking to him out to the side before the show. Uh, and me and the girl that I was seeing at the time were, like, just hanging out outside. And he was talking to me. He's like, he's like you know Zomboy? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm on the tour, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'll see what we can do after the show. And Josh was, like, working on the album. So he was like, you know, he didn't, I didn't really want to bother him. So... I was just like told the kid, I'm like, I'm like, Josh isn't here. He went back to the hotel. And fucking not even 10 minutes later, Josh comes walking down the fucking like stairs. And I'm like, oh, I thought you went to the hotel. And he's like, what fucking hotel? He's like, what are you talking about? Uh, and I was like, Josh. I'm like, give him like the eyes. I'm like, I thought Max told me you left. He's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. He's like, we don't have a hotel. And I'm like, I was like, uh, kids like, fuck you, dude. Pretty, pretty fucking much. And I'm like, okay, now I look like an asshole. But yeah, certain things like that. Anyway, anyway. let's continue. So we got some we had some questions from Mr. Michael. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, maybe from our mic we'll over here. Okay. Right, so I always love to ask this one. Up in, up, up in the microphone. Yeah, Eat like, it, dude. Just okay, we'll start it. that <laughs> sentence again. I always like to ask this one of people I meet with like a lot of experience in a certain field. So I gotta ask, what was the biggest piece of advice that you ever received and who gave it to you? Oh fuck. Um like that's that's a really good question. Yeah, now, now this is now this is like the interview part. Yeah. Natalie. Yeah. So my friend Natalie again, who was the sole reason I have a career. Uh, we, me, her, and Josh, and Josh's zomboy, and like they're pretty much my family. We were sitting at his house, uh, it was a couple of years ago, and I was like, I'm like, oh, I was like, I want to be a DJ. I was like, I want to be a music manager. I want to be a tour manager. You on this too, like you fucking know. Because I remember this, and I was like, I'm like, I want to get into real estate, and I love real estate, and like that's my goal. And they both looked at me, and they're like, pick one thing that you love, and then run with it. So you know, that's that was probably one of the bigger pieces of advice was like because then at that point I focused I was like I'm gonna do tour managing and I'm gonna do merchandising, and now I'm like the director of merchandise for you know Zomboy and I I've toured the world you know, and I've seen places that people will never ever see, and do things that people will never do all because it's like I did one thing, so now as like I'm getting older, my now goal is make enough money now so that I can then invest in real estate because that's that's my second passion other than music, mm-hmm. you know. But that's that's probably the number one piece of advice I ever got. That's awesome. I like that answer because it was just so like, like we'll say. That's what I'm saying. That was quick. Yeah, I couldn't answer that question right now, and I came up with the question. Like I couldn't. I don't even know. Well, we got one more on Mike's little fancy notepad over there. (laughs) Mine's not really that. I got. I I already knocked out most of mine. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't, that's why he's in charge. He's prepared. (laughs) Oh, I was prepared, but you you tend. I'm not, no, I'm not going to lie. I, I didn't prepare. I did not prepare anything. I, I just knew. If it's one thing I've learned about anything in business or like doing anything, it's like always have questions. I had a call with somebody the other day and I didn't have any questions written oh. down. And I was like, oh, no, I'm like, dude. I'm like, no, I'm like, I have this in my head. I'm like, I've done this before. I'm like, I yeah, know what I'm saying. You don't write it. And then, and then I'm see, talking to them and I had somebody over here and I'm just like, dude. I was like, did I sound that stupid see, on that call? How, that's how I walked in this. I was like, I, I thought about it earlier today, and I was like, no, I think I'll be okay with this one. I think I did okay so far. Yeah, Everything's fine. Said, like, I, I mean, said some dumb this shit. This is my first time being on a podcast, so it's like, It's know. fun, dude. It's literally the biggest waste of time ever, and then it'll turn into something. <laughs> it actually turns out pretty cool. Which it, is they sound correct. pretty cool when they're all edited. So this one might be kind of a more fun one. I don't know. I just okay. thought, I feel like everyone always enjoys a story. Everyone always enjoys a story of a, a big screw-up. So I got to ask, 
What was the biggest screw up or biggest mistake you've I, ever made? Smile oh, what did you learn? But don't worry, we're gonna cheeks. come back. We're gonna learn. What did you learn from I'll, it? I gotta gotta think for a second because there's been many times where I fucked up. Like, <laughs> you know, that's how it is in the industry. It's like you you continue to do and do and do, and you're gonna fuck up, and you gotta continue to grow. I mean, fuck. What would be my biggest fuck up? I'm trying and, to. Really and what did you do to fix it? And then. I guess learn from I think, okay, this is one that did you, yeah, did you this it? is one that comes to mind, and this isn't my biggest fuck up, but by this is this was a fuck up. So uh, I don't know if you're familiar or not, but there's a venue in Tacoma, Washington called the Tacoma Dome. It's a huge arena. So on Josh's last tour, we had played that venue. It was his first sold out show at this venue. Eighty five hundred people. It was like his biggest like club date, if you were club date, as I'm saying, it's like fucking arena. Um and it was like we we got there like seven a.m. and I'm like on my head I'm like sitting there I'm like Kiss just fucking played here last week, <laughs> you know I'm like this is fucking insane. It's like I'm not playing and I'm I'm only doing merchandise like I run his merchandising. But it was so cool to see it and it was sold out and it was gonna be a huge show and I'm just like fucking like and I know where my loyalties lie in this industry and I will always like side with Josh and Natalie like I will always like stick up for them for anything like I would never say anything bad. Josh is Zomboy. Zomboy. Okay, Zomboy. okay. So, I was just gonna say I feel like we've said that name so many times. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's hard for me to talk about it because like, I don't call him Zomboy. Yeah, no, like, yeah. I call him not. Josh. Yeah, no. So I just wanted to make sure we're playing this show and there was this this group that was a special guest. They're another DJ group. They're pretty big. You know, whatever. So Josh is like, I've been working on this project with him and like obviously I just do his merchandising. You know, so it's like, but it's like it's, it's like my baby. It's like you know I've grown with him as he has grown and like our merchandise designs have gotten better and like our quality's gotten better and. I like to think, like, you know, I, I'm the one that, like, listens to the fans and, like, people message me. So we're doing this show, and, like, everybody's all fucking hyped. Like, all the management's there. The record label's there. Like, the booking agents are there. Like, his girlfriend's there. Like, Natalie's there. All of our friends are there. I'm outside with one of the agents or whatever, and me and him are talking, and the guys from roll up. And we're all just talking. They introduce me, and I overhear a conversation that they're, like, going to do a meet and greet at 1 a.m. And in my head, I'm like, that's during Josh's... Josh's fucking time like that's when he's on stage and this is his show and he was like we're gonna do it at the merch booth and I'm the one that's like in charge of merchandise so like that's my world yeah. so you have to pass everything through me merchandise wise like how many items you're gonna bring and so forth because it's his headline show and I overhear this and I don't know what happened but like I my, my, my defense is kicked on and I was like, like you can't do a fucking meet and greet at one like no I'm like you're not doing it during Josh's set I'm like it's disrespectful as fuck I'm like you're gonna take away like from his performance to, to meet some fans for some merchandise and it, like, I got really mad about it. And I'm like, no, that's not fucking happening, blah, blah, blah. So I go immediately, like, being me. Because sometimes I get really excited and I jump the gun on things, which bites me in the ass more times than it actually helps. <laughs> so I grab Josh. I grab our agent. I grab our management. And these are all people that I look up to, like our tour manager. And, like, these are people that have, like, I look at them and I'm like, I want to be this someday. Like, you know, so-and-so is... And like knows everybody and like he's built his own business and like you know so forth so I'm like going on I'm like they're fucking going on like they're gonna fucking do this and it kind of turned around on me and was like you know you should have came to us first and like I, honestly like after it was all said and done like hearing these people that like I look up to and like apparently it really rubbed them like the artist the wrong way but like I'm talking to them and they're like telling me like you can't do this like you know you should have came to one of us first and blah 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 and it like honestly you're sitting there and you have like people that you look up to and, like, they're kind of, like, yelling at you in a sense. Siding with the enemy. <laughs> and it's, like, I'm, like, I'm in my head, I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm just looking out for Josh. Like, he's one of my best friends. Like, yeah. he's almost like my brother at this point. And I'm sitting there, and I'm trying really hard not to cry. And I'm just, like, and I get really emotional sometimes. And I'm just, like, sitting there, I'm just, like, <laughs> like, I'm hyperventilating. And I'm, like, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> so then after it was all said and done, you know, everybody was, like, really, they weren't, like, mean to me. They were just, like, all right, let's go get some air. Let's go, like, get a drink. Let's talk. 
and about not, I was like, I'm like, no, 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 like I can't, like I'm trying not to cry. <laughs> so I walk into this like empty dressing room that's like next door, and in the Tacoma Dome, there's like ten dressing rooms. They're all fucking amazing. So I'm like sitting there, and Josh comes in, and he like hugs me, and I like bawled my fucking eyes out. I'm like, I'm like, I just, I just wanted to look out for you, and I'm just like, I just wanted to like, you know, whatever. And um, he's like, no, he's like, I understand, and blah, blah blah. He's like, you know, but there's, you know, there's, there's channels to go through, and I'm just like, at this point, I'm like, fuck, I'm like, I just fucked myself, like, you know, they're gonna kick me off this tour, and like so forth. And he's like, he's like, it's okay. He's like, everything's fine. Like, nobody's like mad at you, or whatever. So I texted the agent and I was like, hey, I'm like, you know, I feel bad. I'm like, I, I need to make this right. I'm like, can you take me to so and so to go apologize? Because it really wasn't my place to fucking be like, no, you're not doing this. Like, I should have immediately just been like, Max, listen, this is what they're doing. And this is like, I, I don't agree with it. And they would have worked it out. So he took me and I apologized and I explained the situation. I'm like, I'm like Josh is like my brother. I'm like, you know, hearing that, it's just like, I want everybody to have like all eyes on him and so forth. And like me and me and the me and the guy in the band were like we're cool, and he's like he's like I appreciate that. He's like I can understand, but that was probably one of the biggest fuck ups in recent time because like you know it made me look bad because it's like yeah even though I had the best intentions, it wasn't the time or place for me to like speak out. Mm-hmm. So what I learned from that is going forward, if I'm not the one that's fucking in charge, you go find one of the people that is more important than you that can make those decisions. Yeah. Other than that, like there's never like I can't think of anything off the top of my head where I've really fucked up. Yeah. That was, like, really bad. Well, I like the fact that you, like, went and, like, apologized for that. 